what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. This episode of The Caregiver Community is sponsored by Pace at Home. During this uncertain time, Pace at Home is enrolling participants who wish to continue to remain at home. Partnering with families, Pace at Home provides caring medical support for all of our program's participants. Visit us on our website or give us a call at 828-468-3980 to talk with a representative that can discuss with you the Pace at Home all-inclusive medical approach. Pace at Home is the champion for seniors wishing to remain in their community. You ready, Corinne? I am. <laughs> Alrighty. Alrighty. Welcome to the caregiver community. This is a place where we talk about the joys and the challenges of caring for our aging parents, as well as caring for ourselves. I am Frances Hall, founder and executive director of ACAP, Adult Children of Aging Parents. In this podcast, we're talking about navigating ageism with Dr. Corinne Allman, the founder and CEO of Choice Care Navigators. Dr. Allman is a nationally certified guardian and an advanced professional member of the Aging Life Care Association. She received her PhD from NC State University, where she studied developmental psychology with a specialty in adult uh, in adulthood and aging. She is an experienced educator and researcher and the author of the book, Keen Agers, telling a new story about aging. And just to be completely transparent, Dr. Allman was one of the founding leadership team members for our ACAP Guilford County based in Greensboro, North Carolina. Hello, Corinne. We are delighted to have you here today. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. How are you? <laughs> doing okay. <laughs> doing fine. <laughs> okay. So this whole topic of ageism um, is uh, kind of an interesting topic. So let's, let's kind of start at the very beginning. What really is ageism and why should we be concerned about it? Sure. So ageism is stereotypes about or against people based on their age. So it is any sort of um, prejudice or discrimination that an individual might have against other people based on their age. Um, so this might, you know, I don't want to hire somebody because of their age, I'm young or old, right? Somebody's too young for a position, somebody's too old for a position. Um, but it can also be internalized. Uh, Ageism is also expressed when you think things to yourself like, I'm too old for that, or I shouldn't wear that outfit because that looks too young for me, or whatever those statements are, making those kinds of judgments um, about other people or about ourselves simply based on a number that is their age. 
that that kind of stepped on my toes <laughs> when you're when you're saying you know that that we need not to think of ourselves in a particular way because I'm forever going. <laughs> I'm too old for that. I, you know, I'm getting old, you know, all of those kinds of things, which probably is pretty common. So what is the problem with doing that? Why should we be concerned about doing that? Well, the issue becomes when the stereotypes that you are expressing are negative, which most of our aging stereotypes are negative. Uh, I do presentations on this all the time. And I often ask the groups, tell me what are your thoughts when we think about aging or stereotypes about aging. And I usually get of the first seven or eight things that people say, you know, seven of them are negative. And then I'll get one wise, you know, there'll be one positive statement that gets made in terms of a stereotype about getting older or aging. And let me just point out, uh, two, we're all aging. Um, we will be older at the end of this podcast than we were at the beginning. Aging is not something that we just do once we get past the age of 65, right? But we do have these very negative connotations uh, related to growing older, particularly in our culture. Uh, other cultures, not as much, but for us here in the United States and in a lot of Western societies, it is a very negative stereotype. So the problem becomes when we are brought up in this world where all the stereotypes about aging are so negative, then as we get older, we can internalize those stereotypes. Um, And Dr. Becca Levy up at Yale has spent a career researching aging and ageist stereotypes. And one of her um, most important findings is that people who have negative age stereotypes live seven and a half years less than people who have positive age beliefs. So if you have positive age beliefs, it can extend your lifespan up to seven and a half years. And she has replicated that study in multiple societies. This is not, it's not a one-time study. It's been replicated over and over again. So you should care because it's going to impact how you age. How you view aging is actually going to help determine how you age and how long you're going to live. Wow, that is really powerful. That is powerful stuff. Yeah, and and it's kind of probably, I'm making a, a, a leap here, <clears throat> but probably how we view aging ourselves we sort of put that out and others are going to replicate that. They're going to kind of reinforce, right? Mm-hmm. What, what we believe. Yeah. So there's a couple of things that happen. Um, number one, you can imagine that if you have positive aging beliefs, then you are going to do things that show those beliefs, right? You're going to be more active. You're going to take better care of your health because you think you can and you think it matters. Whereas when you have negative age beliefs, well, then it doesn't really matter if I gain 20 pounds because I'm getting older anyway and there's nothing I can do about it. And it doesn't really matter if I go to the doctor because I'm getting older and there's nothing I can do about it. So you can see how those beliefs might impact people's everyday behaviors as well as their interactions with other people. 
The other thing, though, um, that you kind of touched on there is, you know, we are surrounded by this all the time and it, it determines how we interact with the world and how the world interacts with us. But my I took my daughter back in uh, earlier this year to the Bruce Springsteen concert. And which was great because here's Bruce. He's in his seventies. He's doing something he loves. You know, he's out there giving concerts every night. Great. And towards the end of the show, he kind of rips his shirt open and shows everybody his abs, which Bruce Springsteen in his seventies has six pack abs and looks terrific. Great. Great for him. But my daughter who was 12 after the concert said, he shouldn't have done that. He shouldn't have taken his shirt off. And I, okay, well, you know, why, why do you think that? And she was like, well, because he's, he's old. He's, he's a dirty old man. He shouldn't be taking his shirt off like that. And I kind of went, who's told you that Bruce Springsteen is a dirty old man. And you could just kind of see her wheels turning because nobody's told her that, right? Nobody has explicitly said to her, Bruce Springsteen is a dirty old man, but she has already learned at 12 that old men are gross and he shouldn't be taking his shirt off. Nobody wants to see that. And it was really interesting because she and I got to dig in on that about, you know, he's healthy, he's active, he's in good shape. He should be able to take his shirt off if if he wants to. And she eventually kind of was like, okay, but there is still this sort of something ingrained in her that has that stereotype already at age 12. So we are being fed this sort of message from a very early age. It doesn't necessarily apply to us, though, until we get there ourselves or we're getting close to getting there ourselves. And then we kind of have to go, oh, wait, does that apply to me? Well, and yeah, and particularly because we in ACAP, as you know, really focus on the adult child caregiver, or the family caregiver, then the implications for that as we perceive our own parent and, and the, the, I'm going to call it dichotomy of, you know, this is our mom, this is our dad, this is somebody that we love and have been you know, that they've been so much a part of our lives. And then we sort of get to this point and go, wait a minute, you know, all of these very different, very mixed messages come into focus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So here we have a 12 year old and here we have, you know, 60, 70, 80, 90 year olds who kind of are thinking and sometimes saying the same thing. So is everybody ageist? So in in our culture, the evidence points to yes, uh, because those beliefs are, we're surrounded by them all the time. I mean, just go look at the card section at the store, you know, and see what kind of birthday cards you can get. Look at the magazine ads and see what kind of anti-aging, you know, serums and Or also look around you and see what's not there, right? How many uh, pictures of healthy, active, engaged people as they get older do you find? Do you have to really search for them? Um, Things like that. So 
we are kind of surrounded by this all the time, which makes it very difficult to avoid internalizing those aging stereotypes. The best thing you can do is what you're doing right now, which is start to become aware of it, right? To start thinking about it. Ageism and aging stereotypes are ones that a lot of people go, well, okay, they're stereotypes, but they're true, right? They're true. So they're not really stereotypes because they're true. And I would really challenge that uh, to say they're true for some people and they're one part of a very complicated story. So the stereotypes tell one story. The actual story of growing older is much more rich, much more complex. Uh, There's a lot more picture to be painted than just what those stereotypes tell us. But you know, we grow up around these things and we kind of internalize those biases. And if we don't stop and pay attention, then yeah, you, you are likely to be saying ageist things to other people. And you're also likely saying them to yourself in your own head. Without really being aware. I mean, it's, it's, I think what you're saying is that we have to be really conscious, really intentional about looking at things differently, get understanding a different story, stepping back and really looking at the full picture, not just taking what we have been um, indoctrinated <laughs> to believe. You know, it, it's really interesting that we're talking about this because I can remember back, ooh, and I don't even remember, I must have been like a preteen or teenager maybe, and I can remember the style of clothes you know, this is in the, I guess, in the early 70s. And I can remember at that point, which is sort of like today, that Hemlings were short and, you know, all these kinds of things. And my mother would have been in her 40s, 50s, somewhere in there. And I can remember her being so frustrated because there was nothing that she could go into a store and buy that she felt was age appropriate. And, you know, fast forward all these years and here I am walking into stores going, sure, I'm glad that, that oh, it's now okay to wear pants as a woman because, you know, there are so many things that I would not, you know, that that whole thing of if you did it, if you wore that, you know, once upon a time, you shouldn't be wearing it again. Mm-hmm. But that even that is not necessarily correct. Right, right. If you If you like it and you feel confident wearing it, there's, you should wear it, that there shouldn't be a, I'm too old for that. I'm too whatever for that. If it makes you feel good and you feel confident in it, wear it. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Let's talk about some of the impact of ageism and maybe, maybe particularly looking at healthcare work, those kinds of taking it from the individual, although there are certainly individual implications, but taking from that into more of a collective picture. Yeah. So I think particularly for your audience and the ACAP community, healthcare is going to be a big one um, because adult caregivers are often going with their loved ones to doctor's appointments. You end up in the hospital, you're in different um, medical communities, things like that. And one of the biggest, um, Examples of ageism, there's a 
sorry, there's a fire truck going by. <laughs> Hope you can't hear it. One of the, the biggest things that happens in the healthcare setting with ageism is elder speak. And that is when the healthcare provider talks to an older adult like they're a child, right? When you say, hey, sweetie, how are you today? Instead of speaking to them like a coherent adult who they should respect. Um, so that's one of the biggest ones. I actually did a little talk for a group of healthcare providers a couple of weeks ago, and we were kind of discussing this. And one of the women came up to me afterwards and said, I just did this yesterday. I just had a mother and daughter in my office and I was talking to the mom, just like you just said, and I cannot believe I did that. I thought I knew better. And yet I was still giving her this kind of baby talk um, that is completely disrespectful. Um, so when that happens, I think it's very important um, if you are the adult child and the healthcare provider is talking to you instead of talking to your parent, then you say to that healthcare provider, you know, mom is right here and capable of under, you know, understanding everything that's going on. Please speak to her directly. Or encouraging your mom or dad to say to the healthcare provider, I'm right here and you can speak to me in a normal tone of voice. Thank you so much. You don't have to be rude about it because most of the time people are doing the elder speak because they're trying to be accommodating in some way. They're trying to make sure that they're being nice or they're, um, you know, communicating, but what they're really being is disrespectful. And I've really, I've really touched on two different things there. One is the elder speak, which is the kind of baby talk. And then the second thing in healthcare that you see is not talking to the older adult themselves, instead talking to the adult child when you should be talking to the patient or client directly unless you are instructed to otherwise, right? I want to reinforce that because that happened time and time and time again when I would be at a, at a doctor's appointment or in the hospital with my mother. Yes, she was, at that point, she would have been, for the most part, over 90, but she was very intelligent and very capable. And they invariably would talk to me. And I, my response was always, She's your patient. Talk with her. Mm -hmm. Talk to her. And it's ageism. I mean, that is just quite simply ageism. The healthcare provider is assuming that based on her age, she's not capable of understanding or that you somehow are the person in charge because of her age. And uh, that's, you know, completely incorrect a lot of the time. And they, they shouldn't be doing that unless you've told them, hey, talk to me instead of my mom. Right, right. And, and certainly, you know, let's let's be real clear. There are times that that is appropriate. Absolutely. It's a cognitive decline or a cognitive issue or, uh, you know, there are probably some other situations. But, but for the most part, we who are accompanying that loved one, that's part of being an advocate for them is making sure that they are empowered to ask questions and to receive the information and that we are making sure that that medical provider or whomever it is that we are encountering really understands that here is, here is an adult who is capable. The other, the other thing that I see happen in healthcare too um, is having your concerns or issues dismissed based on age. So taking 
you or your loved one, because this can happen to any of us as we get older, um, you go to the doctor for an issue that is concerning you and the doctor's response is something along the lines of, well, based on your age, that's totally normal. Or what do you expect based on your age? And um, one of my favorite examples of this is when somebody you know, goes to the doctor because they've got a knee that hurts or a shoulder that hurts or something. And the doctor says something like that. Well, you know, you're getting older. We expect some aches and pains. And my best response for something like that is to say, okay, yeah, this shoulder hurts and I am whatever your age is, but I also have this other shoulder that is also the same age and it doesn't hurt. <laughs> so can, can we look at this one to figure out what's wrong? Um, that happens way too much where people's concerns are dismissed as normal aging. And the simple fact of the matter is um, we haven't really studied a lot of normal aging to really be able to say what those processes are. And not everybody experiences the same aches and pains and issues. So we should really be investigating what's going on there. And maybe age is part of it, but that does not mean that there aren't treatments and therapies that could relieve whatever the issue is, no matter what our age is. Right. Good. Good thought. Good thought. Uh, yeah, because we we grow up with this notion that as we age, that things are going to happen. It's you know, the, and I say this all the time: that aging ain't for sissies. You know, put that ain't in quotes. Uh, you know, we kind of have that notion that things get much more difficult and, and complicated as we age. And the, the fact is, yes, there parts wear out. And yes, things begin to happen sometimes. But it doesn't mean universally that every ache or pain or every condition is age-related and we need to just not worry about them because it's going to happen. And so just keep on going. You know? Right. Exactly. Well, and absolutely things are going to change. You're going to have issues that come up, but we should not discount or ignore them based on how old you are. We should look at each individual and say, what has your health been like before? What is your health like now? And are there things we can do to improve your quality of life? at whatever age you are. Right, right, right. So we've, we've talked some about this, but are there some other things that as individuals we can do to combat ageism? And why would we do that? I mean, that's a little bit of sort of putting ourselves out there. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to start with the end of that question. I think anyone and everyone should be concerned about ageism because it is the one stereotype that if you live long enough is going to apply to you. And it's kind of unique in that way that you can live most of your life probably and not really think that much about ageism. And then all of a sudden you get to a particular birthday or whatever your number is that you start to kind of freak out about, um, which why she would be freaking out about it, but still, you get there and then ageism starts to apply to you. Uh, so it's something that you should be concerned about because you're going to get there and it's going to matter. Um, and you can think about it even when we're being ageist or biased against older adults, you're really being biased against your future self because these the 
things you are saying and thinking or doing to an older person, someone is going to say or think or do to you when you get to that age. And that's really scary, actually, when you think about some of the things, the way we talk about our older adults sometimes and portray them. So we should all care because hopefully we're all going to live long enough that it's going to matter to us personally. And of course you want your loved ones, you know, your mom, your dad, your grandma, your grandpa, you want those people to be treated with dignity and respect. And the way we do that is by viewing them as valuable, capable, important individuals, not just some stereotype of somebody who's decrepit and incapable, things like that. Um, What we can do about it, again, number one is becoming aware of your own ageist thoughts and kind of the messaging you're getting around you all the time. Um, The other thing you can do is point it out, like when you're talking to your healthcare provider or when you hear, you know, your friends making jokes, whatever it is, when you can be ages towards other people um, or other people can be ages towards you. Like if you're having, if you can't remember somebody's name and somebody goes, oh, you're having a senior moment. Ha ha ha. Funny, but also that's kind of an ageist stereotype, right? You're having a senior moment. And the fact of the matter is um, older adults don't typically have a lot more memory issues than younger people unless they have a diagnosable condition. Um, I forget people's names all the time. My kids do too. It's just that as we get older, we start making those kinds of jokes. And, you know, you can just point that out to people and go, you know, the research actually shows (laughs) that we don't really have that many more memory issues than anybody else. Um, And it will be awkward. I mean, when I when people make ageist sorts of statements or jokes around me and and I point them out, there's always this kind of awkward silence (laughs) or um, just kind of an moment where they consider where I, what I've said and, and even why they've said what they said. Um, I'll give you another example. And, and I battle this too, because it is, again, it's so internalized, but I was giving a presentation and I had a, I don't even remember, I think 95 year old um, in the presentation. And she told me in the midst of it, because that she was 95. And I said, congratulations. And she came up to me afterwards and she kind of pinned me on it and said, why did you say congratulations? And I went, well, because that's what I'm supposed to say to a 95 year old. And she said, I haven't done anything. She said, I haven't, it's not an accomplishment. She's like, I haven't done anything, you know, to, she's like, I just had a birthday. You know, I just have lived day after day after day. And I thought that was really interesting. And so then she and I kind of talked, I said, well, what should I say? You know, and we decided that the best thing to say would be something like, that's a great birthday. That's a great number. Um, something like that, but not congratulations because she was really adamant that that was not a congratulatory, uh, you know, birthday. But what, what my society has taught me (laughs) that that's what I'm supposed to say. So you really actively thinking about, why we say what we do, the jokes that we make, uh, things like that to bring it into our awareness. And once you start paying attention, you see it everywhere. I mean, just all the time. And, you know, jokes about my body. My my 12-year-old had got had a soccer practice and got really sore after the soccer practice and said, oh, I feel so old. Oh. 
<laughs> because that's what she's been fed, right? That's it's like, okay, you know, you growing older is not just about aches and pains. And, and that is, again, one part of a much more complicated story. But what, what incredible teachable moments and teaching moments we have the opportunity to, to do. But, you know, as you're talking, Corinna, I'm thinking of so many other um, isms, so many other stereotypes, um, and so many other opportunities we have to really stop, to halt that verbiage or, or action or whatever, and really to go back to truly respecting everyone, regardless of age, regardless of anything else. Um, but we're talking about age, and so it really is an issue of respecting people for who they are, regardless of where they are on the continuum of, of life and age or anything else. Yeah, I, I would think, for me at least, that is the big take-home message in the sense that um, people should be judged based as individuals on their own abilities and limitations, whatever those are, and not simply based on their age. Um, that, that number itself really doesn't mean very much. You can have a 95-year-old who is ready to argue with me about uh, what you say to somebody when they tell you their age, and you can have a 70-year-old in very poor health who's you know not working, not able to get out, not able to do a lot of things. The, the number's not really that big a deal. Um, it's much more about who you are and where you're at at any given point in your life. And that would be my goal. And it's not, and it's not a culture war against young people either. That's something else I get sometimes. Um, I did one presentation where a gentleman said, oh, I've taken your message to heart and I only hire people who are over 55 now. Those young people, they don't want to work and they don't want to, you know, and he was kind of, you know, dissing the younger generations. And that is not my message at all. Um, it's view people as individuals um, based on who they are, not based on their age. Right. Or any anything that it, that presents as an appearance kind sure. of thing. Yeah. Just who is that person and what right. gifts do they bring to that situation? Right. Yeah. And I think that's a message for us as we are journeying with aging parents or, or aging loved ones is... And, and I know that sometimes it gets really hard, been there, done this, but to really try to see those loved ones as the individuals they are, there's this wonderful, and you, you probably have seen it, this wonderful, I'm going to call it a cartoon, but it isn't really a cartoon, but it is this woman, It's um, you see the woman, an older woman, in a wheelchair, but superimposed up on the wall behind her is this silhouette, this shadow of this ballet dancer. And it is beautiful. And, and it's really just saying that in each of us, regardless of age, regardless of that number, that we really have in us who we always have been. Mm -hmm. 
what there's a saying that goes around too that you know behind every older person or inside every older person there's a young person wondering what happened <laughs> because <laughs> because you you feel the same it's just that the the container you are in has changed and yeah. that uh, that you you still feel like I, I am who I've always been. Why are you treating me any differently? Sure, sure, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so we've talked about a lot of different things. Is there are there some other things that we need to be sure to share relative to ageism? The the one other thing I, I'd like to mention is that ageism is also tied directly to ableism. Um, ableism is biased against somebody based on their physical abilities. Um, so, you know, those two, because we do experience health changes as we get older, some of our ageism is tied to ableism and our sort of society's um, really deep belief that you ought to be fully independent and never need anyone to do anything for you. And because as we get older, things do change and we do sometimes need help. That ableism piece, um, I think, is important to mention because that really plays into um, our ageism. Our, our fear of needing help also leads to our fear of getting older. And um, that those two really can't be untied because they they've we do change as we get older. Uh, you know, and, and, and yeah, we are, we in this country, in the United States, we are such a nation of valuing independence. And, and in such, then we seem to value youth and, and, you know, the productivity of youth rather than being more like cultures that truly respect and revere people who are older because we, they recognize the wisdom that comes and can only come through years and years and years of experience and life and, you know, moving through all kinds of circumstances. The other thing I'll mention, too, that you just made me think about is um, – there is part of our stereotype of getting older is that you're going to be sad or depressed because you're becoming more dependent because your health is changing, things like that. You're getting wrinkles. You must be depressed. Um, and Laura Karstensen has a lot of research on happiness and something she calls the U-curve of happiness, which is we tend to report being the happiest in our early 20s, late teens, early 20s, 25 you know, when you're young and you have no responsibilities. And then as we get into middle age, our happiness tends to decline. We've got a lot of stress. We've got kids. We've got jobs. And then it comes back up as you get into your 60s, 70s, 80s. And actually older adults report being the happiest of it being the happiest time of their life. And they report the highest levels of happiness of any generation, of any age group. Um, so, and that's not just, you know, the older adults who are older right now, that's very consistent. And so you, you know, you get happier as you get older, not sad and depressed, like the stereotypes might have you believe. Right, right. I just saw an article on that recently. Yeah. And, and again, we're not talking about every single individual. We are talking about the, 
overall, this is yep. what this is what the research is finding. Yeah, exactly. But I think knowing that that the research shows that you know having positive age beliefs really matters, and that people get happier as they get older. Um, should really give all of us a reason to look forward <laughs> to getting older and to feel good about it uh, rather than being like, you know, dreading it or denying our age or really even worrying about it. Like, you know, why why even worry about it? The research, you know, says you're going to be happier. You're going to enjoy it. Will your body be exactly the same as it is now? No, it will not. But that we adapt, we are really a wonderful species at adapting to different situations and figuring out how to make it work. And there's a lot to look forward to. And the book is Keenagers telling a new story about aging. Corinne, thank you so much for sharing the, the insight and the wisdom and, and the encouragement truly to look at aging differently, whether that is for our own selves or whether it's about someone we love. There is such misconception about older adults so often that, that they are incapable of understanding medical or financial or any of the other intricacies of life, that they can no longer contribute meaningfully to our society and that they simply don't get our world today. And that could not be farther. Those characterizations could not be farther from the truth. Um, I, I keep thinking as we've been talking, I keep thinking about a woman that I recently have gotten to know who is, I believe, in her mid 90s. And I keep looking at her and going, can I be that? Where do I sign up to be like her? She is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, so, and we all know people who are, who would be considered older adults who are phenomenal. Absolutely. Like you. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, that's absolutely true. But I, I thank you for that. I thank you for that. But, but yeah, there, there is a lot of opportunity that we have today truly to understand aging differently. So thank you for helping us at least begin begin on that journey of understanding differently. You're yeah. very welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We also want to thank you, our listeners. We hope this podcast has been meaningful for you, um, and we hope that you will share it with others that you think may benefit from it. We also certainly want to thank Pace at Home in Hickory, North Carolina. They are the sponsor for all of our caregiver community podcasts. This program is part of the Mesh Network of online shows and podcasts. You may find more of our Caregiver Community Podcast on any of the platforms where you listen to podcasts. You will also find our podcasts on our website, www.acapcommunity.org. While you're on our site, we certainly hope you will take a few minutes to learn more about ACAP, our educational programs, and our local chapters. And if there are other topics that you would like for us to address as a podcast, please do let us know. We are trying to listen intently to what, what people are needing to know. As we say so often in ACAP, regardless of our age, our background, our education, career, or anything else, when it's our mother, our father, our loved one who needs help, caring for and advocating for that person 
becomes very personal and extremely important. Please care well for your loved ones, but also remember to take care of you. Bye for now. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.